everybody to Forgotten Heroes. As always, it's your host Zach and Chris. Chris, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good, buddy. I'm uh I'm very tired, but I'm I excited. And I feel like I start a lot of episodes this way, so I'm searching uh, like something to say differently. To make you laugh? No, just to be different. It's <laughs> all it is. <laughs> Uh, I okay, don't know. I, I made a reference some to dad who jokes ta- or something. I was gonna say I I made a reference to who who we're talking about, and I don't know where the hell you were going. Yeah. <laughs> you that were went off. Over, that went over my head. I'll be honest. I, I that's just, how tired Chris is, everybody. When my yeah. when this stupid jokes he's infected me with goes over the shoe horns don't even work. Oh God. All right. Yes, as title states, we're talking about. Batman's nemesis. No, <laughs> if you don't understand that that reference, which I don't blame you. Uh, please His go watch nemesis. Yes, watch the panda red. I'm I'm a I'm gonna give whatever. Give this man what's the word I'm looking for? Shout out. A shout out. Free real estate, I guess, in our podcast. <laughs> the panda red on TikTok or YouTube. He's super um, funny. He's super funny. He has this whole his this whole skit of being a lord death man which we can't it's not a character we could talk about we could probably talk about we just have an episode of weirdest dc villains and like right he's got to be the first one he first off his whole shtick is he because he doesn't actually have a voice because he's he's a comic book character and he's never showed up on tv he's like the whole joke is like yeah he kind of looks like skeletor kind of but the whole joke is like he sounds worse so like for the first two skits it's like so imagine if skeletor (laughs) (laughs) that <laughs> was in a helium factory <laughs> yeah, it sounds like that You're like what uh, it's so also great whole, because he has this whole oh go ahead his whole gimmick is he's like i am batman's nemesis and then yeah. like one of the skits he runs in the joker and joker's like excuse the fuck out of you i might as well be in a relationship with batman but yeah um he <laughs> might as well be batman's boyfriend yeah yeah he does something kind of similar to what we do i don't know if he was doing his shtick before us. I think he was, but he has like. I think he uh, might have started it around. When, I don't know when he actually started the comic book stuff. I think he even said like he started out his channel to do more art stuff, and then he when he started doing comic book stuff, people were watching it. So he's like, "Fuck it, we keep going with that." And then he blew yeah. up. And he so part of me really wants him to go to New York Comic Con, and I and I also asked him if he would like to join us on our podcast. I didn't hear anything back from him. I didn't blame him because he was also going through school. Yeah. Now I think he's not in school. I could. I don't know. I might try another email or. I would love uh, to. Talk. It'd be nice to talk to the guy. It'd be nice, awesome to have him on too. He's like, just also really funny, and I would definitely take a sense of pride in. First of all, I have a sense of pride in finding several characters at this point that you haven't heard of, and I think I would take even more pride finding one that he hadn't heard of. So it'd be like kind of a nice challenge. And he has this right. whole like, sort of non-weekly weekly show as he calls it where he talks about forgotten heroes and like the, forgotten sidekicks and type thing but like well not forgotten heroes but like because that's no, us uh, like well really, they really kind of forgot they're forgotten because they're regrettable maybe because they're terrible yeah regrettable that's the word i was like God, yes so tired he talks about regrettable uh, heroes and sidekicks and stuff like that it's really funny some of them are ridiculous he's, he's hilarious but yeah so we're talking about not Lord Deathman, we're talking about <laughs> Joker. <laughs> Batman's true nemesis, or as Chris said, might as well be his boyfriend. He might I, I would not be shocked if Joker just came out and basically said that to Batman, like he feels like they're in a relationship and Batman's like, Bro. I mean what the fuck? <laughs> there's been plenty of psychological people who have talked about Joker's obsession with Batman and Joker has definitely made jokes to the point of like when he's in jail and he runs sexual. into Batman and yeah, and he finds out that he's fighting another villain and he's like, You're seeing another villain already, type thing. Like that's very much just kind of his thing. But like right. well you know, he depends is, on which joker we're talking about. Uh we're true. not talking about the we're not gonna reference that book because that book is no, bad. Not. It was very late. I think if that was the thing, if it wasn't late, it would have been better. However, right. the it ending is stupid. Um we're not gonna talk about three jokers. Nope. For me and Chris, it's not in our personal canon. Even if it's like, oh, it's canon in the, your own. Everybody has their own canon. I don't know. It just, I agree with you. It felt like it was out of left field. But we're not reviewing specific issues. We're talking about no. Joker. We're talking about the different versions of Joker that we find yep. throughout the multiverse within the DC universe. Um, there is... DC multiverse. DC multiverse, excuse me. There is quite a bit 
of Jokers throughout history. But the thing is, since he's one of those characters that's like, he's so he's so well known at this point because he is sort of a classic. He's one of the most long-standing yeah. characters of comic book history ever. If not, also he's one of the ones that canonically lives way too fucking long. Like yes, in the main DC universe, I believe he had a he died. But then it was in a pool of some made-up metal mm-hmm. that was like, yeah, it eroded over time. So it's not like, you know, it would make me immortal. Basically, it's like, yeah, whatever uh, bathed Vandal Savage in the, you know, Cro-Magnon days, that's the same thing. Except, you know, it, over time, it's di- it not it's been so diluted. That it's like, well, you can't live forever, but you'll live longer. Right. It doesn't give him immortality. It gives him longevity. And then Joker was like, oh, yeah, no, I died. But then I came back because of that because yeah. fuck you batman but also <laughs> you know whatever but that's the thing and then like to the point i think possible future he's been i don't know if we're gonna talk about we're not gonna talk about batman last night on earth right uh no we aren't no but i i was but i was th- planning on it just at least mentioning it because it's creative I, i'm gonna get out of the way i mean we can talk about it more but like to the point that that's a possible future if not could all be made up we're not sure which is the whole point of the of the story, and yeah. Joker is just a head in a jar, that ba- and a hand in a lantern that Batman carries attached around. Attached to Batman. Yeah, like just literally, so like the witch's head from Headlopper, just attached yeah. to hip. It's like, but why, Batman? Yeah, like, or get rid of from God of War. I love right. that like overused stick. I, it's one of my it's favorite so things fucking... because it's so simple. But Thor did also... it to Loki too. That's true. Yeah, I was about to say Loki was also a participant of the magical head lopping survival club like it's just yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't get it man it's yeah. it's fucking great it's one of those just like tropes that it doesn't pop up often but it pops up often enough that when you that see you it it's usually to it. you can make references to it and it's also like usually done in a way that's like pretty good yeah which i think is kind of cool which actually is funny um because i speaking of ragnarok and i'm, I'm just go. gonna get into the what we've been reading um, I was reading the Marvel history, the history of the Marvel Universe, which I know I mentioned it in our last episode. Phenomenal. And I also love the fact that they make it makes mention of literally everything like like and by everything. I mean, everything like, oh, yeah. Remember those remember those comic books that also had um, Captain America still running around in like, you know, a bit like during the cold, beginning of the Cold War or if not just toward the end of of the um of world war ii yeah right. that was that was these the spirit of 76 and the patriot disguised as captain america while also somebody else was disguised as the red skull for the soviet union it's like what and i love that because it's like for us it was like yeah, know they just kept writing books but then they but then they're like but that doesn't make any sense like how how did how would that work yeah but it's like no this is how and they may and it's just it's also funny because i think there's a point where this is Galactus telling uh, Nathaniel Richards, not Nathaniel Richards, sorry, Franklin Richards. Holy crap. Ooh. At the end of the universe, um, and he's just talking to him about, like, he's just giving me, giving him the whole story of the Marvel universe. And I think Franklin's like, how did you know about some of the stuff at Earth before you showed up? And he basically was like, oh, Watsu told me. Mm. And he even actually, and I'm, it's kind of a spoiler, but not really. He actually makes mention of events that when this book came out didn't were in production but also weren't haven't happened yet like the age of Conchu. if you read the avengers jason aaron's avengers that happened mm-hmm. right the interstellar reign of the half-breed that was empire that was when hulkling became the king of the kree and the scroll because they're not no longer fighting right. the rise of the outlaw generation mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure that might be marvels that shows off um like what happened in Sia Kong uh, or something, or it's when the champions, you know, all teen superheroes should not are illegal. And all the champions are like, yeah, no, we're going to keep going. I don't remember the King in black. And so like, that's where I'm like, yes, I know everything. I know all that. And even Warbird, which is from the Marvel Sia Kong war thing. And then there's shit that I haven't heard of yet. The wedding of Tony Stark and Emma Frost. Yeah. The tragic fate of Luke, and, Luke Cage and Jessica Jones' second child, mm. the Defenders of Tomorrow, Threadneedle, the fate of Mephisto, and then that's kind of where it just kind of ends. 
because yeah. like Galactus is he's dying. He's it's we're at the end of everything, so he's so he can't hold it very long. But it's just like I'm like, what? Wait a minute. What do you mean those two get married? Yeah. But it's it's just very interesting to like see this. It's like literally, it's like in a history book. Like that that's what all this is. Right. Which is great. It may and it may, it mentions everything that Marvel's ever written. And I've also been reading House of Powers of X, which is holy crap. Jonathan Hickman does some good shit, and he sets yeah. up a lot of stuff with this. And then I don't know what happened after he left. I mean, it's not bad now, but also kind of like, again, mutants are no longer mutants. They're descendants of deviants. I don't understand. what I know they're doing that for the MCU, I'm sure. Right. But also, why? Yeah. <laughs> again. That's question. What? Yeah. I'm like, listen, the, the mutants already colonized Mars. Why? <laughs> what the fuck? And then they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, you know how Eternal, you, you all think Eternals are like human-sized? Yeah, No. We got some Eternals are like the size of of or like buildings, if not almost like celestials. Not like right. celestial celestials, but like any celestial that comes down to Earth, like when they shrink down to that size, it's like yeah, no, they're that big. Mm. I'm like, I'll also we're also immortal, so we can bring them back by just you know by some random human life dying. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> You're trying to make them relevant. You can't. Yeah. The Eternals don't have a purpose. They're they're more relevant than humans. But True. What the fuck? Nobody cares. Uh, Transformers Beast Wars, Volume 2. Black Arachnia shows up. Great. Mm -hmm. I love this. The artwork is very interesting. Um, And it's... I don't know. I just really like this retelling of the story. And part of me really... I was like... I I remember I was reading the first one, and I'm like, I want to go back and watch the show. I tried to watch it. I'm like, no, I can't. Not with these fucking graphics. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, oh, this is awful to watch. So bad, yeah. So bad. But... The story was good. I remember the story being good. This one is also pretty good. And I'm just like, more. Give me more. Give me more yeah. now. Um, yeah, I'm still working on the, the others. I have, <laughs> I think I have an issue, Chris, because I keep, I was like, I'm going to focus on these books, but not one at a time. I do it. I focus on all of them at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> you got to go piecemeal, buddy. I can't. I can't go book by book. I don't know why. Uh, honestly, I have stints like that, too. Where I'm like, reading like, like three now? or four things at the ones. Well, honestly, weirdly enough, now after I finished uh, Sandman and Primordials, I'm just kind of waiting. So as I was like doing research for this episode the other day, I came across a sort of collection of DC House of Horror one shots from like 2017. I found a digital version of that, and I read that, which is really really interesting. And I realized that I like one shots a lot more than I thought I did. So I've been kind of like hunting out for that and looking for those. But I read through all of DC House of Horror in a night really super cool and like also i don't know what it is about it but it's got to be one of my favorite covers of all time um it's an older issue it's kind of like a rougher art style but like i don't know there's just something about serious shit that dc does so well and i think i'm also kind of craving a little bit more of a serious universe with you know thor recently and she hulk and then being a little bit more goofy and i'm okay with that but you know right every now and then i want like consequences and vengeance and dark justice and you know things I mean, like that and i think this house of horror issue kind of scratched that itch for me which is really nice i mean with that with with like with the guy we're talking about no los dos Why not yeah both? exactly and that's the thing that's why joker's such a good character is because he can hit pretty much every nail uh if he feels like it depending on he hits the nail of the serious the silly and the vomit your guts out because this is gonna get gross Right. And also just like kind of sad and pathetic at some points, too. Depending on which one. Yeah, like kind of. Well, I don't know about this one, but his current what's happening now is kind of like, oh, man. Yeah. And so this is so we're going to we're not going to really talk about main Joker only because. Holy fuck. Well, there's one, so much material. <laughs> holy fuck. There's so much material. Also, yeah. everybody knows him at this point, I feel like. Right. So, um. And even if you don't know Joker, there are people who are understanding the stereotype of clowns being somewhat creepy, and Joker definitely capitalizes on top of that. But, yeah, with all the amazing performances that have been done by him, there's no way that through word of mouth people don't know who this guy is. Right. But, like, so, and also it can be a little confusing because, again, like I said, three Jokers, some people mm-hmm. count it, some people don't. We're not going to get into it. But we're so we're gonna talk about other Jokers, and some of them like this, like our first one, actually take the name from 
one of the movies, I think, which basically, in a way, the name became canonical. Mm-hmm. And then again, was split up because of Three Jokers. I hate mentioning it. I know we said we're not really going to talk about it. However, I feel like I have to. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is Jack Napier. Which movie was that one in that they gave him his real name? I believe it was... Oh, God. See, the funny thing is I watched it the other night, too. Was it Under the Red Hood, maybe? No, I think it was a live-action movie. Oh, well, live other action. than... Uh, if it's li- right. I'm thinking of a cartoon, so if it's live-action, I don't know which one you're talking about. Oh, Tim Burton's Batman. Oh, yeah, they do reference his name in that. Well, that's the first time they ever call him... They call him Jack. Jack Napier. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. I also haven't seen that one in a minute. Yep, so this is this is actually Jack Napier from the white knight universe so again it's a it's universes if there's number designations we'll get we'll we'll be able to give them to you however this one doesn't and i don't really know why kind of like a one shot but also not really type thing Canonical, i think it was like yes or no a, it was a one shot that did so well dc said we're gonna keep going but, but they haven't yeah they haven't fucked it up yeah <laughs> that needs a knock on wood for sure I mean, currently, I think they're in the White Knight, Batman Beyond, which is not like old man. It's not like when you think Batman Beyond, it's not like the cartoon show. Like Batman's not a cripple. It's not like an old man. He's he could still kick ass, but he's just older. So it's like it all happening kind of close together. Anyway, Jack Napier, White Knight. He's relatively similar timeline up to a specific point. And the Mm -hmm. same thing with the whole universe. So Mm -hmm. uh, pretense with this one. Um. Dick Grayson was actually the second Robin. I think Jason was the first yeah. in this universe. That's like that's kind of a major difference. Anyway, um, so this version of Joker is arguably one of the most dangerous. So starting his relationship, quote unquote, with Harley, Joker's obsession with Batman was so intense it caused conflict between the two. So this Harley also wasn't um what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to say simp, but that is the word that keeps coming to my mind. <laughs> she was um, a little bit uh, more she independent. Not have Stockholm syndrome. Yes. Yeah. Or it wasn't Stockholm syndrome, but not Stockholm. Oh, what was the one that Sarah said? I am a bad partner because I can't remember it. it. Started with an H. Something uh, similar to that. It's not Stockholm syndrome, but she is a little bit more independent and a yes, little bit this more one sure is more of independent. In when you think of Harley in their in their early relationship, this one is more independent from the get go. Yeah. Rather than. The class, the class of the car that you and think codependent so, type thing. Yeah, codependent. I think right now we use that word. So yeah, Stockholm syndrome is not the right word. I couldn't think of the word any either. But Joker's obsession with Batman caused conflict, right? Mounting on the night Joker killed Jason Todd and tortured him into believing Batman's into revealing Batman's secret identity. Harley was so horrified of what he had become, she realized she fell in love with Jack, not the Joker. And she and so she willingly checked herself into Arkham. Soon after, Joker replaced Harley with a bank teller named Marin Drews, who he just referred to as Harley, and she played along. Mm-hmm. We've actually talked about Marion in our yes. Harley episode. Yep, which is perfect, because I think we talked about how she shows up, and then Joker is so psychotic and delusional that he forgets. He forgot. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's then like... again, that's the Joker, not really Jack, and we'll get into that a little bit. Yeah. Um, years pass and the Joker goes on a crime spree to try and exploit Batman's already emotional emotional like state due to Alfred being on his deathbed. And by and ba- Batman being unhinged in this moment, I mean like he's chasing Joker. Yeah. To the point of like this guy's gonna get like covered in in um cement. Does not care. Yeah. He did not care. Like Batgirl and Nightwing had to pull up and save the guy. Like. And he's like, he's like, like straight feral. Yeah, he's just like, I'm gonna get him. That's it. That's all yeah. I need to do. So yeah. they cause property damage and running over civilians in his Batmobile regularly. So not like over them, but like he, he wasn't. He's not looking out for them anymore. He's just, yeah, exactly. All he's he doing is the hunt. Doesn't really care. Right. Batman cornered Joker at Axis Chemical, the Axis Chemical plant. Joker willingly surrendered, but Batman still decided to beat him brutally. So trying to prove a point that the two of them were not so different, Joker pulled out a few pills from a broken box nearby and claimed he would he, he, he could go sane. What Joker didn't know is that Harley planted the pills and was filming everything. Not, okay, not Marin. Harley. Not Marin, yeah, Harley. So I think at this point, if we're going to, right, if we refer to Marin, it's going to be Marin, and if it's Harley, it's Harley. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Batman forced more pills down Joker's throat, causing him to overdose and nearly choke in the process, something Harley also caught on film and posted online. For months, Joker was contained in Arkham, taking his medicine, his medication regularly, plotting to become sane in order to beat Batman as a sane man. So, like, he's no longer Joker, he's Jack. Mm-hmm. But, you know, people are like, still kind of the same guy, and Jack's like, no, I'm not. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he struggled to let go of his obsession with Batman. It's just not psychotic obsession. It's just now, like, I want to beat you. Yeah. But I want to do it the right way, not beating you up in a fight or whatever. Mm-hmm. After extensive cosmetic surgery and months of regular medication at Arkham, Joker emerged as Jack Napier once again. One of the first things he did with his freedom was file a lawsuit against the GCPD and the government of Gotham for letting Batman do their job for them and using supervillains as a way to fearmonger and profit while not actually taking, trying to cure the mental in, mentally insane within Arkham. After th- after this, Jack returned to Mar- Marion and apologized for the years of abuse he f- uh, of abuse he forced he, he forced her through and and promised to never treat her like that again and proposed. Marin violently rejected this idea, but thankfully Harley, now sane as well, was watching and was able to fend off uh, Marion with her hyenas rekindling their relationship, which is the point I think in the in the White Knight universe. When, I think it was like issue one, where everybody was reading it and was like, hey, yo, fuck, in the moment was like, hey, yo, fuck Harley. Mm. And then and by Harley, I mean like Marin, who was dressed like New 52 Harley, and then she gets a boot to the face and everyone's like, excuse me? Hello, Harleen. Yeah, and then we're like, hey, what? <laughs> I remember I I had that moment. I was like, oh shit, oh f- what? <laughs> Two of them. <laughs> That's pretty cool. So it's a really nice little twist, honestly. It was it was really cute too. Uh, Jack yeah. planned to take over Gotham for the better as a politician, which I cannot imagine. Many people were like, woo! They were like, so scary. What the fuck? Yeah. Um, his first task was to build a library in. Backport, one of Gotham's low-income housing districts that exploited that that was exploited by the one percent since back uh, Blackport Blackport oh Backport my bad that's since a Backport no I can't it, that was just also my brain uh, <laughs> Backport was also a hotbed for gang activity and Batman the one percent bought the frequently destroyed buildings for cheap and built and built their own increasing their profits. Jack decided to do something similar by using Mad Hatter's mind control tech on Clayface and place Clayface into drinks at a truce meeting of Gotham's gang leaders. He hoped each leader would drink and therefore create a sort of hive mind that would have them destroy the library in a staged attack so he looked innocent. Since he had a property that was destroyed, it allowed him to access uh, Backport's public files and expose the 1%. So... Yeah, he's a good guy. He did criminal plan. things, but yeah. for the for the for a good cause, which we we can be here forever arguing, even if it's for a good cause is bad. Blah 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 blah. Whatever. However, genius plan that I don't even I'm not sure Joker probably would have come up with. Mm-hmm. I'm like I know it's like they're the same person, but like no. There is a, uh, what is it? It's mentioned at some point. Let me see if I can find it. I'm looking at the wiki right now. But there's a point made that he's tested by a psychologist within Arkham. And when he's tested by that psychologist in Arkham to, one, evaluate his mental state, but also to check his intelligence to see if he would be fit being independent and by himself out of Arkham's sort of control and quote-unquote support, um, they said that he tested well above genius in his sane state. So we're right. taking sort of the deranged lunacy and also slightly genius ideas of Joker, and we're just elevating them. Just yep. really fucking scary. And putting him in office, mm-hmm. even worse. So his his plan was successful, but after gaining the files, Marion Drew was able to side with Mad Hatter and stole Joe, uh, Jack's army. She refused to believe Jack was sane and wanted to bring back Joker. Using the information he stole, Jack became Jack began campaigning to become Gotham's newest councilman by organizing a peaceful protest in Backport, but was stopped by the GCPD for having no permits. Again, this while this is getting a little political, welcome to comic books. Most people, most I would say DC, Marvel especially, Marvel definitely, but DC even too, increasingly, will not shy away from political stuff. It might no. not be in 
main universe, right. but they're not shying away from it anymore. But I, don't, I, I like... also think that's a good call because, like, you know? if you, it just increases the immersion for the readers. Yeah, and it's and risky, like I said, but yeah, this is also a alternate. This is an else world, mm-hmm. so they can kind of get away. Like, it would be one thing if this was happening in main universe. I don't think anybody would have would have enjoyed it. But since right. this is alternate reality, it's like yeah, we can play with the, we can do whatever we want really with the rules. Mm-hmm. Um, he handed him, so Jack handed himself over to police peacefully, but was attacked by Batman yet again in front of his supporters, further cementing Batman as a violent and dangerous vigilante. So he did not. This was also just kind of the beginning mm-hmm. of the White Knight um, universe. We're, we we're not going to talk about the ending. We're not going to talk about the sequels. Um, but this. This is just, a, you know, and that's the whole point. We want you guys to read. Please read this story, not because it's like make it do better. It's like no, read it because it's fucking great. Yeah. And we don't want to, sp- we don't want to spoil it. So. You'll and we think you'll enjoy it. Uh, and I also, this is like somewhat recent. Will. Yes, this so. is like I don't, I don't even know when this. I don't remember when this came out. This was at, definitely after 2010. I know that for a fact. Let's see. So, which is a lot sooner than our next character. Oh, yeah, 2017. 2017. Yeah. All right, great. Our next so, character was a little bit older and has a, an earlier creative look at sort of the Joker mantle more than anything in this position. This is, I think one of the – also, I was going to say one of the shortest – I want to say shortest stints of a alternate reality Joker. Yeah, but still ever. very meaningful while it was yes. short. Um, and this is Martha Wayne from the Flashpoint timeline. So, uh, you're hearing Wayne correct. Yes, this is Bruce's mother. So, in the Flashpoint timeline, Joe Chill murders Bruce Wayne instead of Thomas and Martha, which traumatizes both of them. Which, this is because Barry had to go back in time and save his mom, which he didn't know mm-hmm. would cause ripple effects in the timeline. Yeah. Uh, which is which is people would be like, but how could Barry direct? He doesn't directly cause it, but he but since he changed something in the past, he's changing it it like a stone in a lake makes ripples that change other things. What I think right. we talked about it with I think we talked about it with one of the with Superman. Mm-hmm. In this universe, he doesn't get found by the Kens. He actually crashes in Metropolis, and the government takes him away. Right. Yeah. And they kill Crypto, the bastards. Yeah, which is oh, so sad. So oh. sad, but also. Dead dog. Sad. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, so, <laughs> it's pretty bad. Bruce is murdered by Joe Chill instead of Martha and Thomas. Obviously, both the parents take it incredibly hard. You know, their child is murdered in front of them. Uh, Martha takes it especially hard. She does not respond to therapy for several months, which Thomas really does his best to try and get her to go to. Thomas, on the other hand, sort of fulfills the role that his son inevitably would within the correct timeline. However, this version of Batman is much more brutal and is not afraid to kill. So Thomas, being this sort of new and not necessarily improved, but swapped sort of version of Batman, uh, tracks down Joe Chill and beats him to death. However, before he does this, he talks to Martha uh, before he leaves to go find Joe Chill, sort of a attempt at a heart-to-heart, and says that, you know, it's been some time now, he's going to take care of Joe Chill, and that she needs to move on, and he wished that she would smile more. And so he returns uh, to tell Martha that Joe Chill was dead, and Martha reveals that she had cut her cheeks open so that she could always be smiling. So Thomas immediately has her institutionalized on the spot, realizing that her mental state is very poor, However, Martha soon escapes and turns to a life of crime, working with her own version of Harley Quinn called Yo-Yo, and very quickly becomes Thomas's archenemy. Uh, she also shoots Catwoman and paralyzes her, which causes further tragedy since Thomas was sort of like a father figure to Selina. So as you can see, the Batman and Catwoman sort of um, connection continues, but it's not creepy. He sort of sees as a father figure, and Catwoman in this timeline actually gets turned into Oracle, which is pretty cool. Well, not cool for her, but an interesting sort of flop, flip, excuse me. Um, After that, Martha kidnaps Judge Dent's twin children and tricks Chief Gordon, Jim Gordon, into shooting his daughter by disguising her as a joker with a fake smile and a gun taped to her hands. And after Gordon accidentally shoots his own kid, in shock of what he does, Martha ambushes him in his shock and slits his throat. 
Batman then arrives on the scene to face off against his now estranged wife and tells her that he had discovered a way to correct the timeline so that their son will live to become Batman after a meeting with Barry Allen. So what Zach mentioned earlier, uh, Barry ends up making it to Thomas when he returns and they sort of discuss the implications of what he had done and sort of realize their mistake. And Barry sort of understands what he needs to do. But after Thomas reveals to Martha that they are the ones that are supposed to die and Bruce is meant to survive and become Batman, the best version of Batman, um, Martha, realizing that her son would become her sworn enemy, you know, she's sort of trying to rationalize it in her incredibly dissociative state that her son is now Batman. Uh, she can't fight him. And she can't absolutely believe this information. And so she throws herself off of a cliff near Wayne Manor and kills herself. So pretty dark, pretty intense. Uh, definitely one of these sort of sick and a little bit more twisted versions of Joker. Uh, but that's also kind of why people love him, because he is able to do things that people wouldn't necessarily think of, you know, like slicing off face skin or injecting himself wow. with venom and all sorts of stuff. And then those are different jokers, quote unquote. But I think taking a pure character like Martha Wayne, at least pure until, you know, things change um, and sort of swapping her to something that's so much more deranged and intense. It's an interesting and like, honestly, kind of obvious approach when you think about it. So one of those I mean, things. well, yeah, well, you have to think about it. And I, I realized I didn't um, when I started reading uh what was it uh flashpoint i didn't think about it until he mentions it i didn't think about um that like <sighs> that if bruce isn't batman somebody else might be joker and i didn't think about i didn't in the moment think about yeah no uh how would martha wayne be taking this not very fucking well obviously no. <laughs> but it was like i don't know i it, just, it didn't click to me until i saw it and i heard it and i or heard it i saw it with um with what who who fucking said it i can't remember who said it oh it was um doy it was thomas thomas tells it to barry mm-hmm. and i was just like damn yeah okay like it makes I'm, sense too which right which also brings into like the um the relationship of um like a whole other level of the relationship of of Bat, uh, batman and joker oh yeah yeah, but, it definitely sort of perverts. Which the I think they, which I'm pretty sure they knew that they were doing. They're like, oh, we're gonna do this. It's gonna be kind of funny, not right. aha funny, but like, you know, oh yeah, no, we all know. It was like, yeah, everyone makes fun of the joke, like Joker, just fuck Batman already. Like, <laughs> yeah, what if there was a universe that actually did that? <laughs> yeah. So it's like, damn. It's sort of an obvious choice too, but also a nice one. Yeah, Flashpoint's kind of, kind of nuts in more ways than one. But Very nuts. we go from sort of, I don't know, we're still going to keep it in the family with this next character, but in a little bit of a different way. Yes. So um, this one is, so this is Dula Dent. And I now I say Dent and some of you probably just went, wait, Two-Face? No. Um, not in this universe. I think, there's, I think there's one out there that in another one she's a hero and she goes by Joker's daughter. However, and she is... She actually keeps using different last names. Anyway, this Dula Dent is in Prime Earth. So this is main universe uh, story. Mm-hmm. Dula Dent was born to a very normal couple in the suburbs, but it soon became apparent to her father, at least, that she was a very strange child. Well, I love how people probably just went, well, define strange. I'm about to, actually. <laughs> she trapped spiders in light bulbs, made a, a, uh, a mobile for her bed out of knives... And a corset of barbed wire. There's weird, and then there's what the fuck. Yeah, there's weird, and then there's, like, sadistic. Yes, it's 100% her. After witnessing her cutting her face with a box cutter, I don't want to know how the fuck she got to that point, um, mm. which there probably isn't an explanation, they took her to the hospital to get evaluated and to fix her face. However, Dula kept trying to perfect her face after her surgery resulting in one side of her face becoming being deformed even though her parents were horrified she believed it was flawless i mean beauty's in the eye of the beholder but this is fucking weird oh yeah uh one night she heard her parents arguing about her so she ran away from home 
She arrives in Gotham City, specifically the sewers, searching for a group called the Nethers who were supposed to reside there. Okay. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> so she is, as she's searching, she finds the flesh of Joker's face he sliced off and dons it herself. First off, ew. Yeah. And I think this is after Joker, again, supposedly died and then came back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he cut off his face to prove to Batman that without his face, he's still Joker. Just like with Batman, without the cowl, he's still Batman. And then he had it back on his face, but like belted and stapled to his head. And then he dies. I don't remember why. I want to say an infection because hello. Um, disappears and then comes back alive. Anyway, so she wears it and she runs into two members of the Nethers. As the man he uh, is treating his his woman badly, Dula shows up and they mistake her for the Joker, immediately surrendering. Dula brands the man's face with a piece of metal and demands them to tell her where the tribal leader of the sewers is. She's led to this to the leader of the of the tribe called Charon, and he offers her a place in the tribe. So Dula attacks him, but is easily overpowered by him. After this, Charon still offers her a place in the tribe, but Dula refuses, saying that she did not wish to endure the men's control the way the other women of the tribe do. This wins over the people of the tribe and she orders Charon to be sent away to be made an example of what happens when Ugly takes over. She spends some time on the Suicide Squad but was taken off the roster event eventually since she would have she had frequent fights with Harley Quinn. Yeah. Um, also, I'm pretty sure, and I could be wrong, either she had surgery to match Joker's face or she had surgery to have the mat, the skin, the face skin permanently attached to her face. I don't remember which. Either way, ew. That's intense. It's intense. So obviously she goes by Joker's daughter, which she's not. But right. in her mind, she kind of is. Yeah, yeah, she's like really obsessed with the destruction of beauty itself. That's kind yeah. of like her whole shtick. And she also kind of actually, now that I think about it, um, she actually becomes kind of an anti-hero. A little bit like she's not expected yes and i don't know if she still goes by joker's daughter or not but if she is holy shit <laughs> also fun fact um joker has heterochromia and so does duella dent mm. so joker has heterochromia in some versions most versions actually um and duella dent also has it. And heterochromia is one eye is a different color from the other one so joker has like the green and purple Duella has uh, blue and green. So uh, just another thing to sort of allow her to stake her claim as the Joker's daughter. So, I mean, yeah, but unless it was matching like the exact same eye colors, I don't again. Interesting. Yeah, it's an interesting parallel that they brought over that I kind of like, but she's definitely just psychotic for sure. So now we're going to go from. You know, well, we're of, gonna go from one psychotic person to a more heroic psychotic person. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, exactly. But it's sort of it's still a little bit of a switch. So I think there's been a few times that we talked about characters that we mentioned Earth Nine, and I think pretty much every time we mention Earth Nine, we usually try and mention, excuse me, just how weird it is. And this character is absolutely no exception. So this is Lori Lamaris, Lamar, Lamar. Lamaris. If it's the one that I think it is, it's Lori Lamaris. There you go. So uh, she was a renowned reporter for Earth-9. She interviewed some of the most prominent individuals of that Earth, such as Samuel Schwartz, who is president of the Metal Men. However, Lamaris was secretly the vigilante known as Joker, an identity she only shared with her two counterparts, Mary Marvel and Madame Xanadu. But out of the three, Lori was cited as being sort of the closest to the original Joker sort of archetype. Um, And after the Superman or Superman, excuse me, became the greatest power on Earth nine, he outlawed costume heroes and the Secret Six attempted to stop him in D.C. Lori Lamaris was with that Secret Six and he was actually able to defeat them and imprison Mary Marvel, then proceeded to extract the other Joker identities from her mind which kills her in the process. So this version of Joker is a little bit different. One, it's swapped a little bit as far as motives and orientation for good and evil. On top of that, it's sort of like broken up into a few different people. So Earth-9 takes sort of the complexity of Joker and somehow makes it even more complex. 
And so you take one part away. You still have Joker, but you have less of Joker, if that makes sense. So after Mary Marvel is killed by Superman, Laurie is sentenced to prison for her participation in the attack against Superman. And after 10 years in prison, she's released on parole to become a part of the quote-unquote Citizen Re-Education Center, which, you know, if you've watched any dystopian sci-fi or sort of political-oriented, I don't know, narratives, you know that that's just a really good way to sort of say torture or sort of make people people fall in line. Um, And there, while she's there, Laurie meets Nightwing and Agent Hex, who actually asks her to return to hero work, but she refuses. And so they ask her to at least least look at their base of operations, and she follows them one night, uh, secretly uh, slipping out of the camp. And after they make it to the base, she finds out that Manhunter is killed by Power Girl, who was working for Superman. And after hearing about this, she decides to join Nightwing and Agent Hex. She eventually meets the rest of the team, many of which were her former teammates in the Secret Six, and they offered her old costume to her. But Lori said she was too sad to remain being Joker, so she takes the now-dead Manhunter's name. So we're going from Joker, and we're sort of flipping it over to Manhunter. Yep. So... And like the interesting is the interesting dynamic between the fact of like three people use the same identity and they mm-hmm. don't. I'll be honest, they don't fuck it up. Like no, they don't. Like they they don't both try. Like two of them don't try to be on the be out there at the same time. They just all play when it, and and I think that's the genius part of it. it's just like nobody would suspect all three of them. Yeah, because all at least two of them are still present mm-hmm. when it's relevant. So it'd be like, you're the Joker. Joker comes, goes, goes running by. Fuck. Sure about that? And again, you're the Joker. To like, they could be. You said their identities, right? Everybody yeah, else. Yeah, Mary Marvel, Madam Xanadu. Right, Mary Marvel, Madam. Like, so like, they call Mary you... Marvel, you're the Joker. Right. Fuck. Madam Xanadu, you're the Joker. <laughs> Shit. Lori Lamaris, you're the Joker. <laughs> what? <else>. Who the? <laughs> who the? Who's Joker? Who is it? Yeah. Right. No. And then they're, they're cool. all, all the ladies just like. Lol, it's all of us. Ah. Yeah, but it's great because it's sort of, I don't it's like, of all the weird Joker versions, I feel like this is one of the most creative versions that has done the best. Yeah. As far as like taking the persona and like literally splitting up the responsibility of being this vigilante between three people. I think it's honestly kind of smart. Right. Um, and then I think they also put in like different ways that we could see like right. like if you look back on it in hindsight and I, I haven't actually read those books like i really i kind of want to now i'm going to try to find them maybe mm-hmm. but like i feel like when you know all three identities and you look back at different times when you see the joker you could maybe there there i feel like there if they did it right there's different ways that you know who's under the mask it's like okay well at this time this joker is using a lot more tech so this actually could be yeah you know whoever this one's using a lot more brute force, so maybe this is this person. This one's using, a, you know what I mean, like. Mm-hmm. So you can, in the you're moment, noticing who's, signature who's styles. Who. Yeah. Yeah, you're noticing signature styles, even though they're both, they all have the same mantle. Right. Exactly. Cool. Um, and then so, the next, we usually okay. try to always mention combos. Yeah. We're not mentioning the Batman who laughs because I'm pretty sure we did it in our Batman episode. We definitely did because the Batman who laughs is like. Good One, it's overused, but two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Zach and I have feelings about this. Yeah. I mean, like, I, and then I, I remember there was one point, and I know I showed you this, Chris, and I don't remember what the event was. It was some book I was reading. I think it might have been, like, Justice League Incarnate. And all of a sudden, <laughs> a fucking Batwoman who laughs shows up. And I'm like, what is happening? Why? Stop. <laughs> <laughs> they only had him for, like, they only had her for, like, that one story. I'm like, okay, thank God. Jesus. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. We got rid of the last one. We don't need another one. But um, seriously, it was funny, and it almost looked like they gave her the Infinity Gauntlet, but I knew it wasn't that. I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> Terrifying. Oh. Um, but this one, because I know you love your Dark Dark Claw. Yes. Well, a Wolverine Batman hybrid definitely has to have a hybrid villain of both identities. So this is Creed Quinn, who take who is in the Amalgam universe. There is no number for that, to my knowledge, for DC, because I don't know if it's if it made it past Flashpoint. Also, whatever. Uh, Creed Quinn, right, was also part of the Weapon X program. Like, uh, what was his name? Howlett. Oh, Logan. Yeah, Howlett. Yep. 
Logan. Uh, I know it's not Wayne. Yeah, it's not Wayne. Um, Creed Quinn was created with Logan. Very mm-hmm. few records of the program survive, but it became it becomes clear that Logan's healing powers allowed him to survive, and so does Creed, but his sanity falls victim. So he becomes a remorseless killing machine, exactly what the project was hoping for. Due to his mental state, he eventually goes rogue, and similar to Darkclaw, he was given adamantium bones and claws, but was left disfigured by the project. In addition to this, he's known for his maniacal laughter, giving him the name Hyena, with his own pack to do his bidding. So yeah, this is a common. This is a is an amalgam of Joker, Sabretooth, and kind of Harley Quinn, but really only because only for the last name. Yeah, exactly. So we got Victor Creed, and then we have Harley Quinn, and it's a combination of the two. Yeah, so they just took their last names, put them together, put Joker's aesthetic and Sabretooth's aesthetic, hyena. Mm-hmm. Um, which is funny to me, because I think about it, I'm like, well, that makes sense for a naming convention. Where the fuck did you get Dark Claw from? You put a Wolverine and a bat together? That makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just me. You made a completely different animal. <laughs> Yes, yes, completely different animal. And uh, boy, I mean, it's funny because it's like I, I want, like I said, I would love to find. You have a dark claw issue. I do, and I love that. Very I would proud love of it. to find just any dark, and not dark claw, but an amalgam, just a bunch of amalgam stuff, mm-hmm. or just knowing that there's a couple I could choose from, and then having to be able to like pick my own, because right. like I just kind of want to own that. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, but I also would love if, and I don't know if DC did this, and if they did, I'm I'm gonna buy it ASAP. Just give me an omnibus of amalgam stuff. Oh, that would be sick. I would buy that in a heartbeat. Like I don't know why it that. doesn't exist. Yeah, at some point. But, well, probably because they just have so much material. When well, also, also being an encyclopedia at this point. Yeah, but also, and it's funny now I think about it. I literally just said we're not doing the Batman Who Laughs. But we are doing a Bruce Wayne. We are. We are. And this oh. final version of the Joker, we're just going to make sure that we keep hitting that nail on the head with mental illness. And we are talking about Bruce Wayne. And this is from Last Laugh. And this is actually a one shot from the House of Horror issue that I mentioned earlier. So I was doing research on it and I was like, this sounds cool, but there's like six other stories in here. So I'm going to read the rest of it. But focusing on this character, this Bruce Wayne somehow had an even more difficult childhood than his typical counterpart. Because instead of having loving parents, he had abusive parents. And after years of abuse, the mental toll it takes on Bruce was so immense that he slaughters his own parents. Uh, in So his mental illness and the fact that he was a child lead him to not be tried as an adult in Gotham's court. But he is sentenced to remain in juvenile detention until he legally becomes an adult and then he's released. Since he wasn't acting as an adult, they allowed him to get off, even though it was so brutal. They just essentially gave him the insanity plea and sent him to juvie. However, Bruce's psychosis was still left unchecked, and it caused him to believe that a criminal killed his parents, and he left Gotham to train to become a crime fighter. As Batman, he believed he was fighting crime. However, his mental illness went unchecked, as I said, and he developed another personality as the Joker. And he truly believed it to be a separate entity or person entirely. And one night, Bruce decides to kill his nemesis. And in a rare occurrence of lucid lucid consciousness, he finally understood that he was both personalities and committed suicide. So this one's kind of very quick, very short, because it's a one shot within sort of like a collection. But I got to say, the way that they did this... um, was interesting especially that final moment where he sort of realizes that he is both his enemy and his own hero and it sort of dawns on him it's this really intense sort of mirror scene that he has and it's it's pretty dark the house of horror uh, doesn't spare a whole lot of expense but it's exactly what i needed and this was Yoy, that's pretty intense. crazy <laughs> yeah it's, it's taken we're we're really doubling down on the mental illness like i said but yeah i mean jeez. I mean, again, this is, again, like the, what you know, Joker, Batman, two sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. I would take the sides off entirely for this one. Yeah, so it was basically so, just a whole metaphor. Right. It's a one shot for one gigantic metaphor. Oh, boy. I mean, if you want to read about this one, this giant metaphor um, and the others, we can, you, if you want to read about um, 
Bruce Wayne, Last Laugh, ba- uh, Joker, Batman. Read DC House of Horror, Volume 1, Issue 1. Mm-hmm. Want to read about Creed Quinn, or the Hyena. Dark Claw Adventures, Volume 1, Issue 1. DC vs. Marvel, Volume 1, Issue 1. Doctor Strange Fate, Volume 1, Issue 1. And Legends of Dark Claw, Volume 1, Issue 1. Uh, Laurie Lamaris from Earth-9. Conversions, Justice League of America, Volume 1, Issues 1 and 2. Tangent Comics, Superman's Reign, Volume 1. Tangent Comics, The Metal Man, Volume 1, Issue 1. Doom Patrol, Volume 1, uh, Issue 1. Joker, Volume 1, Issue 1. By the way, everything that I'm saying now, uh, right after I said Tangent Comics, it's all Tangent Comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't make mention of that, so let me do that right now. Nightwing, Volume 1, Issue 1. Secret Six, Volume 1, Issue 1. The Joker's Wild, Volume 1, Issue 1. And Wonder Woman, Volume 1, Issue 1. Dula Dent, Batman Eternal, Volume 1, Issue 6, 14 to 17, 26 to 31, 36 to 50. Batman, Joker's Daughter, Volume 1, Catwoman, Volume 4, Issues 23, 24, 26, 30. New Suicide Squad, Volume 1, Issues 1 through 3. Red Hood, Arsenal, uh, Volume 1, Issues 5, 7 to 13, and 50. Martha Wayne, Flashpoint, uh, Flashpoint, Volume 2, Flashpoint Beyond, Volume 1. Flashpoint, Batman, Night of Vengeance, Volume 1. Uh, White Knight, Jack Napier. Uh, the Batman, White Knight, Volume 1. Batman, Curse of the White Knight, Volume 1. Batman, Beyond the White Knight, Volume 1. Batman, the White Knight presents Harley Quinn, Volume 1. And Batman, the White Knight presents the Red Hood, Volume 1. So literally just read... Said. Yeah, everything White Knight, Batman, White Knight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, it'll, you won't be disappointed. All of them no, will. No, no, no. It's, it's really good. So that has been the Joker. I got to go check my order of laughing fish because it's late. (laughs) So join us next time for another comic book character.